This year, Peloton is gifting you their best offer of the season. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Shop from a variety of accessories such as cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, and more. Whether you have 10 minutes to spare for a strength class or 30 minutes for a running or cycling class, there's a workout that works for you with music that is truly iconic. So don't miss out on Peloton's best offer of the season. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hello and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host Shane Lee. Today on the show, Richard Wilkins, a New Zealand-born and Australian television and radio presenter, formerly known as the lead singer of his band Wild and Reckless. He's now an entertainment editor for the Nine Network and co-host of Weekend Today. He's presented everything for the coverage of the Academy Awards, Golden Globes and ARIA Awards, and in 2014 was appointed Order of Australia. And Luke Mangan, an Australian chef and restaurateur, currently running a number of restaurants in Sydney, including Glass. At sea, he's with the P&O cruise ships and is consulting as head chef for Virgin Australia. He's an author of five books and has launched his own Providor range, a line of products from Australian-based ingredients. We have two genuinely good blokes on the show. It's 2021, a new year of Lunch with Lee. Let's get started. On the show today, Richard Wilkins, a New Zealand-born Australian television radio presenter. Welcome, Dickie Wilkins. Thank you, mate. And Luke Mangan, a very good mate to you too, I believe. Um, is an Australian yeah. chef and restaurateur. So, <laughs> so welcome, mm. Luke. Thank you. Good hey, to be here. Well done, Thank guys. Thank you. Thank you. Down, everybody, please. Yeah, this Thank is our first show, Lunch with Leave 2021. I'm excited because I know you two are... Good mates, how did, how did you yeah. see me? Am I allowed to tell stories? No. 100%. Can I tell you yes. know, that story on no. Boxing Day? No, that's not funny. <laughs> okay. You're getting off to a very bad start. Oh, wow. Okay. Hey, Richard, I believe you've become a, a granddad for the I second have. time. Well, I have, as a, as a matter of fact, yes. Um, my second granddaughter, uh, Abigail Rose, um, Wilkins Bateman. Beautiful. Um, was born, got the best birthday to 210121. Wow. Is, which is cool. I'm so proud. Yeah, my, my heart is bursting with pride. It's funny you say that. My, my, I've got a daughter, Abigail. Her birthday was 2010, 2010. So must there be something about Abigail's. Snap. There you go. Fantastic. So how'd you two meet? Oh, I was just strolling along innocently and fell in with a bad. <laughs> where did we meet? On, on, on TV, I suppose. Yeah, I think Today Show. I, I was lucky enough to be the Today Show chef, I think, in about 1999. You burnt stuff for years. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell, mention the Boxing Day story. Nice. No. Um, anyway, so we met probably in 1999 when I had a restaurant called Salt, not yep. far from here in Darlinghurst, um, and uh, I became the Today Show chef for years and we just kind of hit it off and, mm. you know, cooked together and went out for lunch and whatever, yeah. Yeah, we did. And, and we've kept... We're great mates. We, we, we keep in touch. And, uh, if we Dickie, keep in touch. Uh, we talk every day. We do. We do. And if uh, Dickie uh, needs someone to cook um, and he can't get anyone else, he rings me. <laughs> <You're the man. laughs> uh, Lukey does occasionally get, get phone calls out of the blue. It's like, mate, D- D- Dickie, I'm just cooking. Yeah. We've got the Prime Minister yeah. in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mate, is it, is it skin down or skin up? Yeah. Just remind me. Yeah. Skin down. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, and that's a true story. <laughs> um, yeah, funnily, well, we have many stories which bore everybody stupid mm. if we were to tell them. But I mean, one of the one of the things I remember indelibly stamped in my head is uh, September 11, yeah, 2001. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not blaming you. No, it's not. <laughs> but I, I had dinner. I was having dinner with a, a mate of mine um, up at your joint that I drove past this morning. Salt, yeah. Salt up at the Kirkton Hotel. Yeah, right. And I remember going home and falling asleep, switching on the that's, telly and that's watching exactly right. planes falling into, driving into So it was building. nothing to do with the food on... on no, it was nothing to do with it. <laughs> I remember a good... Um, we were in New York together. We were. And, and I remember this vividly. No, no, we were in... And, and, and it was, sadly, Heath Ledger had passed away. That's right. Were you there, there? Yeah, and we did the Today Show Cross. I was over there doing some stuff for them as well, you know, for Tourism Australia as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, And And I remember you reporting outside the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, well, we, we were doing the G'day USA stuff. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly why I was there. I was we're, cooking. We are at the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you. I remember broadcasting from Columbus Circle that day. Mm. Right opposite the uh, the Time Warner building, and seeing that you know how they have all the the ticker tape thing go across. Yeah, so, Aussie actor, Australian actor Heath Ledger found dead. Blah, blah, blah. What year was that? It was, was that two thousand and seven. Yeah, Jesus, we should know that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But yeah, no, I remember that vividly. Uh, yeah, so we've we've crossed paths many a time. So, Luke, what does the chef do in COVID? <laughs> it's tough times, isn't it? It's it's been tough for the whole industry and and a lot of industries. Um, the P and O stuff's not. Yeah, cruise ship's not great at the moment, no. is it? No. Airlines. You know, I, I really think cruising and, and from un- understanding how it all works, there's so many forward bookings. And yes. I really think cruising will come back. And I think once the vaccine's out mm. and everything will be a lot safer and, 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 and things to cruise. And so people are interested in that. But look, you know, restaurants you saw throughout the country pivoting from doing takeaway to doing different things. Can I get a dollar for every time you say pivot? Yep. Today? Yep. Okay. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> Wow. No, carry on. That was very interesting. Because <laughs> 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 I might throw something else. Yeah. No, so you're, you're pivoting. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but, you know, so, so it was a real challenge, you know, and, and still to this day, uh, what's the date today? It is uh, 27th of January. Yep. Um, the CBD is, is still pretty tough yes. for, for restaurants and, and cafes and things like that. And uh, I think... You know, with JobKeeper finishing at the end of March, I think we're going to see a bit of carnage, in my opinion, in our industry. No, okay. um, yeah. So, well, so being, being tough. I mean, all your staff. You know, it's, it's yeah. And we're only doing two days a week at Glass at the moment. Yeah. We're doing two days a week at Luke's Kitchen. But you know, on a positive thing, I think it's going to be when everything gets back to normal, it's fantastic. And and what I love seeing, you know, the new Crown. We had lunch last week at the new Crown Hotel. Restaurants there are woodcut. Bu- woodcut. Right? Yeah, it was Restaurants cool. are buzzing. People are out and about. So there's, there's good energy, but you know, um, just just came through that Gladys has eased some restrictions, yeah. but hasn't released the uh, four square meter, no, which is going to come. But Luke, yeah. Luke, to his credit, has been on the front foot. You know, advocating that uh, you know expanding the numbers and doing it properly and safely and all that yep, stuff, yep. and letting people eat on the footpaths. Yeah, and just but getting people back to work. And mm. and uh, I've got to say, you know. We're, Gladys Berejiklian, we both live in New South Wales. Mm, thank God. No, we, we love Australia. Yeah, we do. We love the world. We do. But, we do. We, but she's been amazing, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and she's she's really advocated, you know, being careful and being safe, but mm. let's get the show on the road. Which I think she's done a really, really good job. Mm. I was really excited about this interview, Dickie, because um, I've sort of only been doing lunch with Lee for a year now, so I'm sort mm. of like the 
You look yeah. like you've been doing lunch for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Wow. Okay, well, we'll start early. That's right, that's right. Yeah, that's he fledged right. died no. in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so I, I sort of feel like almost like Daniel's son, you know, Mr Miyagi here. So any mm. tips you got uh, from an interviewing perspective? Mate, you're I'm, doing very well. You've got a lovely voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm. Now, and you know what you're talking about and you're inquisitive. Thank you. There you go. There you go. That's what can, can I throw yeah. in there? Because as a mate of Dickie's, I just think you are – Absolutely brilliant what you do. You know, the way your, your longevity in your career and the way you handle I, – I, I was on air at Today Show when you were um, the host with someone there. Is this a good story? No, it's a good story. story. And you, you got handed – or someone came up and whispered in your ear about the, the death of Kerry Packer. Oh. Uh, you know, sad thing, again. But you, the way you delivered that and, – and I think you're just a genius, the way you react and, and, and do things. Oh, mate, you know that story. Yeah. I want to hear it. Well – I was hosting the, the show with um, Layla McKinnon. That's yep, right. At yeah. the time. Yeah. I was married to David Gingell, yes. who was James Packer's best friend. Was, and, yep. And, yeah. and uh, Kerry Packer's sort of godson, supposedly. But mm. He actually wasn't, but he, he might as well have been. No, but the, the, that morning, I was, Layla was a bit weird, and um, if I can say that with respect. Yeah. Like, but just towards the end of the show, coming up to 9 o'clock, because mm. it was a hard out. I, I knew it was I a hard out. i just done my cooking segment. So it was about 8.40, okay. 8.50 or something. Well, yeah. yeah. But it was a hard out, if you know what I mean. Yes. And everything was on computer in those days. So I knew that at 9 o'clock, 9.00, here's yep. Humphrey was going to kick in. <laughs> he, there was no Today Extra back in those days. He didn't have his pants on that stage. <laughs> but during the commercial break, after Lukey's fabulous uh, cooking segment, Thank you. there was a lot of a bit of a commotion running around and blah, blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. And I said to Layla, what's going on? And she looked at me and said, Kerry Packer died last night. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Uh, and someone rushed in with a piece of paper and the, the, the director said to me, you read what's on the paper and then talk to Layla for a while. So they gave me a piece of paper, and it was about 40 seconds yeah. to Here's Humphrey. And I looked at that piece of paper, and I knew there was, yeah. that was a two-minute read. Yep. So I was reading Mrs. Rosalind Packer yep. and the family are sad to announce the passing, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm watching the, the, <laughs> the clock click down to Here's Humphrey. knowing. So I'm reading this thing and editing it at Jeez. the same time, knowing it was quite big news that I was <laughs> yeah. passing on. But there's some kids waiting. And um, and got to it, and I said, very sad news, Layla. Mm. Thank you. See you tomorrow. And boom. And then Humphrey. <laughs> yeah. But that was my word, pivoting. You yeah, pivoted, pivoted so well. <laughs> there's another dollar. What was, he, what was he like to work for, Kerry? Um, look, I <laughs> I have enormous respect for the Packer family. They, mm. you know, they put my kids through good schools. They've given me a job that I... Love. And 34 years has it been? 34 years. Has it yeah. really? You know, the ex-wives have all got nice houses. <laughs> How many are there, by the way? Oh, okay. Um, wow. You know, every, I've, I've had a One, blessed two, career. Two, Shut up. No, and, um, you know, I, I thank the Packer family enormously. He's intimidating, wasn't he? Well, I, I met him twice. The first time right. I, was, I was hired to be the um, DJ at Gretel's 21st birthday party. Gretel or Gretel? Gretel. Okay. Just checking. You should know that. Yeah. Well, sorry. Why do you call it Gretel? I call it Gretel, yeah. Yeah, we should have. Okay. It's Gretel. Um, Anyway, so, uh, and I met him once then, and and he was very nice. Doing a good job, son. Thank thank you, Mr. Pack. And the second time was when Russell Crowe was having a, there was a premiere for Russell's, I think it was A a Beautiful Mind, out at Horton Pavilion, Mm -hmm. right? And someone said, Alan Jones was the MC. It was very la-di-da, and... I was doing something, I can't remember, probably interviewing people on the red carpet or something. And uh, they said, Mr. Packer's uh, here tonight. 
And um, I said, where's he, where, where's he sitting? And they said, where do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole of the hoarding was laid out and there yeah. were all the chairs there and there was one, <laughs> there was one big oversized chair because yeah. he wanted his own chair. Fair of enough. Course. But he, um, uh, halfway through the night, I was wandering over and Mr. Packer sort of and I stumbled up to each other and he said, he said, where's the dunny, son? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I want to flush your head. It's, 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 down, it's down there, Mr. Packer. And he said, good on, good on you, thanks. And then he walked off in the opposite direction. And I, oh, I said, no, Mr. Packer, it's, yeah. it's down there. And he said, yeah, I know, you told me that. I'm just going to have a durry with Russell. <laughs> Jeez. It's like, okay, great. So can, I, can I tell you my yeah, Packer those are my, story? Yeah. Those are my two encounters. So, so I met him, <laughs> the first time I met him was at Salt in probably 2001, 2002. He came in with Jack Welsh from, yep. it was, no, it was 2000 because it was the Olympics. And Jack Welsh was head of GE, I think, in, in the US mm-hmm. or whatever. And he came in for dinner and the law had just come in, no smoking in, in restaurants and, and, and bars. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> and the restaurant's packed and um, Mr. Packer uh, lit up a cigarette in the restaurant. And uh, how does one handle that? Yes. And, and I was about 30 and, and everyone's telling me, you know, he's, yeah. uh, what do you do? So I, I, I went over and I, I was, you know, a bit nervous. And, and I said, uh, oh, sir, um, you know, I hope you're enjoying your night, everything, blah, blah, blah. And uh, just by the way, I'm not sure if you, you're aware that there's a no smoking law indoors <laughs> uh, in restaurants and bars now. And he just looked at me yeah. and I thought, I really thought he was just going to go off. Yeah. And he said, he got up without saying a word, and he said, I guess I'll go outside. And that wow. was that. Well, and I, he went out and I had the cigarette. Was, I thought he was going to put it out in your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but how much do you want for your restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> but that was that, yeah. Well, I remember, I remember I met him when I was playing cricket in the Aussie yeah. team at the time. And um, of course, he was a cricket lover. But the SCG Trust gave myself, Stuart McGill, and Brad McNamara, you know, Buzzard from Channel 9, um, gave us, uh, paid us $2,000 each to go through all these corporate boxes during the test match. To have a drink, right. and by the third box, we were pretty well. Two thousand each. Wow. Two thousand. <laughs> pretty good. Well, these cricket. Pretty, pretty, pretty well liquored by the third box. But it was cash. <laughs> yeah, and and the third box was PBL, and as we said, one of the big fellas in, and as we walked in, there was Kerry. He was there right. with Graham Howbish, who was head of Cricket Australia then, and they were plotting our demise. We we're about to form our own players union, mm. and he just looked at us and goes, "Grab a beer, go talk to Mrs. She likes cricket." Right. And that was my only interaction with him. <laughs> Good yeah, to meet you. Thanks ser- a lot. Seriously intimidating, wasn't he? Yeah. There was something yeah, about well, him. Well, well, well there was a lot yeah. about him, yeah. obviously. No, I, people always said, you know, what's he like? I said, I don't know. You know, I, I know people have really close, obviously, close relationships with him. But I I always got scared of when I had to go up to the third third floor, <laughs> as we always called it. You, was always in, you were always in trouble if you had to go up there. Yeah. Hey, Dickie, um, as I mentioned at the start, you were in your, your original, you were called Richard Wilde, I believe, W-I-L-D-E. There's a correct? reason for that. Yes. No, wild well, by name and quite wild, wild no, by nature. No, no, no. No. When, when I started singing in New Zealand and was about to release my first record back in the 70s or something, I had a manager called Barry Coburn who went on to, mar- uh, to manage... Um, Split ends and well, now, yeah. now lives in Nashville. He's a very successful music publisher. Done very well, managed Alan Jackson, a few people. Okay. Anyway, he said that Richard Wilkins was a, a very daggy name. Um, he was probably very correct. Richard about. Wild. So was he, it, yeah, he, yeah, he, well, my first kind of gig, I, I did a little television show as Richard Wilkins, I suppose. And then I got a, anyway, I got a record deal and blah, blah, blah. And he sent me off to, to, do some shows and I remember arriving in Tower Honor and seeing, you know, tonight, you know, Richard Wilde live on stage. 
that was back in the days when you used to go there and arrive with all your charts and your violin yeah, yeah. and a guitar and cool. have a pickup band, you know, for the night. Yeah. And it was Richard Wilde, and I remember saying to the driver, you know, Richard, Richard Wilde, and he said, that, isn't that you? And I went, right. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-mobile phones, yeah. but Barry had decided that was my name, and ah, um, here we go. Right. So, yeah, I stuck with that for a while. My dad was quite happy because he was very conservative, and he, you know, he, I was supposed to be ill or something like that. Gotcha. Boy, so did he, that go wrong? He was, um, he was not upset that my name had been changed, you know. But it, it was oh. nice. It was nice to also have a... That was that was him, and this is me, sort of. Thing. And who, who were who were your musical influences when you were growing up? Oh, mate. Well, I, you know, I've, I've you've seen them all. I mean, you, well, you've I told trained... me stories of Frank Sinatra and and, 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 and <laughs> yeah, and and Elton John. Elton John, you and know, Frank Sinatra, been... of different generations. Yeah. yeah, I know. But did you didn't you meet? I did. You... I met. Well, I did meet Frank Thank Sinatra. You. As a matter Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Once, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, in fact, at the opening of Sanctuary Cove, uh, I was book to MC uh, and and introduce Whitney Houston on stage and Clive James was the following night to introduce Frank's, Frank Sinatra. Remember the opening of Sanctuary Cove, 1986? Yeah, I remember. And, and they paid him a million dollars to sing there, I think. Yeah, right. like they that. did. And they, yeah. Yeah, God knows what Whitney got. But but uh, Clive and I would do, we were playing golf and tennis and hanging out. We turned it into a week-long jaunt, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to do an intro. And at the end of it, I introduced Whitney and Mental as Anything were opening up for Whitney, and that was wow. all good. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, it was a windy old cold night and all the ladies' heels were sinking into the ground yes. on, the, on the practice fairway, which is where they had it. And uh, on the evening, Frank Sinatra said, I don't want an intro. So Clive was the highest paid MC wow. who never got to MC. Did yeah. nothing. Perfect gig. But, um, yeah, no, I, well, the, you know, I had a trained musical ear because I started playing the violin since oh, I was wow. seven I and was singing in church choirs and lead chorister in the mm. choir and first violinist in the orchestra, blah, blah, blah. So when the Beatles came along, you know, it wasn't just about the haircuts and the screaming girls. It was later, obviously. That helped. But, um, but, you know, I knew there was something going on musically and it, yeah. was, it was great and it was different. It was, you know, a change. And I, so I fell in love with all of that. So it was the Beatles and the Stones and the Hollies and the Who yeah. and the Supremes and, you know, all that that great really turned yeah. me on to, yeah. uh, to music. So we'll take a little break here now and order some lunch. We're here at the Paddington, 384 Oxford Street, which has the best chicken in Sydney. And um, so, boys, we're going to obviously order the chicken. We'll get some nice greens to go with that. The broccoli's outstanding. Some... Um, some of those duck fat potatoes there and we need some O'Brien beer and I know Dickie loves his red wine so let's get the red wine menu out as well and uh, get good Shiraz into us. Let's get started. Spartan Sports is recognised as one of the world's most exciting and innovative sporting brands with a community focus. Our product range across cricket, rugby, football, volleyball, basketball and fitness has been developed to sell directly to any club, school, corporate or individual. Go to our website and order directly to your front door, www.spartansportshq.com. Spartan Sports, unearth the warrior in you. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers 
and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. As a professional sports person, I knew the value of a good coach, and being a business owner is no different. With the Business Coach from Growth Workshop, you can build the business you've always dreamed of, a valuable business that runs by itself. If you need to take control of your future with a winning strategy, Growth Workshop specializes in improving your cash flow, developing sales and marketing strategies to drive revenue, and getting those ideas out of your head into an action plan. Growth Workshop will help you develop a business plan and achieve your financial goals with regular guidance from our experienced team. Whether you want to drive revenue with a new marketing strategy or put the right team and systems in place, we'll help you free up from the day-to-day and allow you to grow your business. We can help. Get in touch with Growth Workshop Business Coaching at growthworkshop.com.au to book in for your no-obligation strategy session. Growth Workshop, turning your good idea and hard work into a valuable asset. And Luke, were you always going to be a chef? Uh, no, not really. I, I, I got kicked out of school at 15, hated school. Okay. And, and Why did what, you get kicked out? Well, I spent more time outside the classroom than in. I, was, I just couldn't Why? sit still. Why? What were you doing? I just couldn't sit still. Disrupting class, you know, failed maths, failed English. Smoking. Then, it's probably smoking. I didn't, I've never, never smoked. Okay. Never smoked. But I was lucky enough to do work experience in Australia's best restaurant at the time called Two Faces in South Yarra in Victoria. Okay. And... Uh, didn't you know? I just cooked, washed pans and peeled onions and, and and things like that, and got lucky and got into the profession that way. And did an apprenticeship for four years, which I hated. Went to London to work with Michelle Rue, who you met, and yeah. you said you peeled potatoes for a year. Yeah, Michelin yeah. star, Michelin three, yeah. three Michelin stars, and, and sadly he, he himself passed away. into that into that job. Exactly. Really? Well, yeah. uh, I wrote. For, for a job there and, and they came back and he wrote back and said it's a two year wait list and blah blah so I rang up with mum and through to London from Forest Hills in Victoria and said you know got your response blah 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 um, and he said look it's a two year wait list and I said what about I come work a month without pay and if I'm any good give me a job he goes we'll see you in two weeks <laughs> so I got the I got the job went and worked a month without pay and, and stayed there for about four years and it was the best thing I, ever did. I, I wouldn't be sitting with you guys now if I hadn't have had that experience. And you met him. He was such a lovely, generous, passionate, encouraging guy. And then you came to Sydney and you were the head chef at 24 for the CBD restaurant. Exactly right. Yep. John Hems. Yep. So the Maryvale Empire. Um, he, he loved you. He was a, a brilliant man and he taught me a lot. Um, it was my first head chef job and I got lucky. I was mm. very lucky to get that job and do what we did we, we created why were you lucky what do you mean lucky? well yeah, it's good. I was 24 I was young I was too young to be a head chef but also they were opening their first pub restaurant and pub restaurants weren't you know nah. in back in 93 or 94 it was just pre-gastro sort of food that's stuff, right yeah. so they were taking a big gamble in making this the first pub restaurant in Australia of that calibre and also to employ me that is a bit of a risk now you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, Dick, I'm really interested around um, the whole, the way, the way music's changed too. I suppose you talk about pubs going from traditional pubs yeah. to gastro to, to where it is now, hospitality, but yeah. from music, how, how did the whole MTV thing evolve? Oh, well, MTV was a, you know, a brand that really revolutionised the, the, the music business. Um, you know, in the, in the early 80s, it was all about, you know what you heard and suddenly it was also about what you see and the video clip the clip 
I said that in the Kiwi accent. But the video became an, an art form in itself. <laughs> yeah. you know, and people like um, you know Richard Lowenstein, the Australian guy who, who, who directed many of In Excess's videos, suddenly there were these bands of the MTV generation. Mm. And, you know, it was Michael Jackson and Duran Duran and In Excess and Dire Straits, mm. you know, all these... Mm. And David Bowie and people who embraced the, the 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 video and Peter Gabriel and you know I remember indelibly, but um yeah so that was all happening in in the states. Mr. Packer, there he is again. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you know he was very active in those days in the acquisitions and whatnot. Channel Nine apparently went on a, a buying spree over to America and. and you know, I'm showing my age, well, we all are here, but... Well, you are the oldest at the table. Thank you. Yeah. Television <laughs> used to finish at like 11 o'clock at night. Remember Channel 7 used yeah. to finish get, with get that right. thing, my city pain. of Sydney? Yeah. You know, that whole thing. I'm you're, a bit younger. You're yeah. too young. Yeah, thanks. But, you know, went to the test pattern mm, at night. That's it. And Nine had, you know, various sort of advertorials there for a while, I think they were, but they used to finish early. And Mr. Packer had the idea, let's get this MTV thing, we can just flick the switch, play this music stuff, and we'll go yeah, through the night. Really? Ah, right. Genius. Wow. So he bought the rights to MTV through Viacom, um, which is a major production studio in the States, huge company, massive. And um, but So he came back and said, you know, we'll do this thing. And they, they had a big launch of, um, of MTV in Australia. And I remember looking at it, and I said to my agent at the time, Shirley Pierce, um, Martin Bedford and Shirley Pierce, what, you know, I... I love to you know talk, yeah. talk to them about that and they said oh everyone's going and they they looked after Russell Crowe as well so he was going up and everyone went up for an audition for this thing and uh you know MTV star I got the job fortunately I auditioned and wow. it I'd, just seen that before that's yeah. seemed, you should read my book it's very interesting oh wow. what's, what's your book called Dick? <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of a joke we have with every <laughs> time Lukey comes around he pulls my book off the bookshelf and puts his, and puts his one up there. <laughs> That's about once a week. I do that. But sometimes twice a my, week. My book is called, um, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> Black Ties, Red Carpets, oh, Green right. Rooms. Yes. Yeah, but uh, so, so it was a, yeah, it's, it's sort of war stories. It's not really mm. a memoir. But uh, yeah, so MTV came to Australia. We were the first affiliate from, of anyone around the world. And they sort of, we were, we were a bit of a novelty. MTV was expanding and we did our thing. And it was, uh, we were on Channel 9 for three hours a night on a Friday and Saturday. When we bedded in, and it was it was fantastic. We ran for six years to the day, two wow. three year deals, and it was it was wonderful. And I recognised at the time that it was a great you know platform for me to you know create a great life for many ex wives. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I've retired, almost retired on all the weddings that we've oh, had to cook for. Yeah. <laughs> If you're enjoying this episode, why don't you go back to last year and listen to Dickie's old TV hostmate, Carl Stefanovic, paired with Sam Kekovic. It's an absolute cracker of an episode. This year, Peloton is gifting you their best offer of the season. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Shop from a variety of accessories such as cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, and more. Whether you have 10 minutes to spare for a strength class or 30 minutes for a running or cycling class, there's a workout that works for you with music that is truly iconic. So don't miss out on Peloton's best offer of the season. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hey, hey Richard, what, um, if you had to pick out one interview you've done over the years that's most memorable for good or bad reason. I know you've done thousands of them, but 
What would that be? Oh, mate, it's hard. Yeah. You know, without wishing to sound smarty pants, I've I've interviewed sort of most of the yeah. most yeah. of my you have from Paul McCartney and Ringo to yeah. you wow. know, I think in, in many ways the further you travel, the more big a deal it seems. I interviewed Bruce Springsteen backstage at the Jimmy Fallon wow. show a few years ago when he was about to launch it, about to announce an Australian tour. I think, I think it was that, and uh, you know we had uh, and he was performing with his band on on Jimmy Fallon that night. We watched a couple of rehearsals and. And then I had two or three cameras and me and my producer had flown over there and the record company had flown over and the promoter had flown. So, so it was kind of a big deal. And the further you go, you know, if you have to drive over the Harbour Bridge and in- interview someone at the Park Height, you sort of think about the questions while you're driving over the bridge. But mm. if, you, if you fly all the way to New York, it's a 24-hour mm. trip. Mm. You've got plenty of time to worry about what you're going to ask. Yes. But uh, so we, and it was a seven camera shoot. I think we had four sort of GoPros or whatever they're called up around and it was a big deal. And Springsteen walks in um, hey man, it's great to see you, man. And his manager, John Landau's there with his, his, uh, his offsider. You know, I'm a massive Springsteen guy. Yeah, sure. That's hey man, it's great to see you, man. Looking for so it's, and he looked at, he looked at John and said, so it's 20 minutes, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, Bruce, 20 minutes. And um, I said, can I just talk to you for one sec outside, yeah. John? And I said, look, as you know, we're doing this for three different shows. We're trying to, you know, yep. get three different spots and we've been told we can have, you know, 40 minutes yeah. with Mr. Springsteen. He said, oh man, you take as long as you like. You know, we, we tell Bruce everything's 20 minutes. <laughs> Man, John, how, how long till we get yeah. to the gig, man? Uh, about 20 minutes. Mate, 20 I, minutes, Bruce. I remember seeing him in concert. He did, he did a three-hour, 20-minute set. <laughs> Went for it. Yeah, he goes, he goes he got lots wow. of 20 Yeah, but they tell everything. Yeah. How, when's this guy going to be here, man? <laughs> 20 minutes. Oh, about 20, 20 minutes, Bruce. Okay, great. Thank you. Hey, look, I want to ask you about your, your Providore range, which I'm, I'm quite in, interested about. Uh, talk about Australian stuff, and it was Australia Day yesterday, but you yeah. use all Australian ingredients. And yeah. I, I just got back... From Kingscliff this week with a week away with the family, and we went to a thing called Tropical Fruit World. Right, that tasted some really indigenous um, nuts, that sort of stuff. Yeah, a lot of very different tasting stuff. But mm. talk me through the Providore range. Well, I guess the, the, the idea behind it. Now, I don't know if you you guys know, um, we in Australia import about seventeen million dollars worth of pork a week. Right, pork meat from Canada, North, North America, Canada, and places like that. We import. So I'm all about Australians, you know, producers, suppliers and things yeah. like that. Yep. And, and all the other, you know, we, we import mangoes from, from Asia. We import yeah. uh, garlic from Mexico and asparagus, and so, mm. so, which is crazy. Yep. But, there are, you know, there, there's reasons for that. But, but I, I guess why, you know, when I get asked to cook at G'day LA, you know, mm-hmm. New York all those years ago, I am all about Australian produce and s- supporting Australian product because we have the best produce in the world, without a doubt. And the amount of commitment and, and, and time that goes into what we put on a plate obviously goes back to the supplier. So if someone asked me to cook for a gig in, in New York or whatever, LA, I say, no problems, but we've got to have Australian produce. So it's all about promoting that. And I just think we have the best. So I, I'm lucky um, that That's, we can do that. Well, it's great that you do that. Too. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, go get Wolfgang, Wolfgang Park. But yeah, man. who's one of the best chefs in the world, yeah, by the way. Be careful yeah. saying that, the Kiwi accent too. <laughs> Or after a glass of wine. Hey, do you still Wolfgang. enjoy cooking? Um, I guess I don't cook as much as I used to. Yep. Um, you know, I'm, I'm now 50. Yeah. S- started cooking when I was 15, so there's a bit, bit of a – I've had a good innings in that. Yes. But it's more now about managing teams and, and staff, and I've got great young chefs who have worked for me and under me, and 
you know, that's the fun part about it, bring, bringing them on as well. And, and we, we, we'd like to uh, educate the industry as well with bringing young people through it. And, and our industry has been through not just COVID, but it's, yeah. it, it's been through some bad times with, uh, you know, pay, pay scandals and things yep. like that, which don't, don't shine a good light on our industry. So, so what, what, what does this like a Sunday afternoon look like? You've got, you got Richard coming around, he, he's, <laughs> he's in your wine cellar. What, what, what are you preparing for him? He's never let me in his wine we don't have enough vodka. <laughs> no, you know, I'm an answer that for him. Yeah. You know, with a great chef like Lukey, he makes it look so easy. Mm. You know, he, he just, it looks so easy. And then you try and replicate that and do it yourself. And it, it's not that easy. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's just, I don't know. It's I the, think it's keeping it simple, isn't it? And just, yeah, but yeah, but you say, you put this with that and you put a little <laughs> bit of this. You know, yeah, he gets it. How do you know that that's going to work? And, you know, is that trial? I reckon trial that is asking you the question of you know how are you going to interview someone or how you know what i mean you've got the right ingredients, ingredients yep. to, to interview someone and ask the right questions yeah but often the, the best oh. question is why yeah well, what yeah. do you mean by that so, yeah. co- so how cook, come? cooking to me is using the freshest mm. best ingredients you can and keep it simple and especially if you go to someone's house or they're coming to your house you don't want to be spending all the time in the kitchen and not with your guests yeah or get them involved as well you know pick the herbs chop the onion or whatever but, I, but I, i've had some, i've had some great meals at glass over the years and you, Thank you. you do it really really well and those who have eaten there go there it's a fantastic we've been restaurant. there 16 yeah. years can you believe wow. it That's and and you have emceed nearly every melbourne cup well, who else there. have you used uh, well, <laughs> wow <laughs> No, but the great thing there about one, Luke, there's one year you couldn't do it. Yeah, that's He's true. got you up and coming podcast going on. <laughs> Luke, he says, I'll come up. You're hungry? Oh, yeah, maybe. He said, I've got a nice couple of pieces of yeah. wagyu. I'll come over and cook. Yeah. So he'll cook a couple of pieces of steak, carve them up. We sit there, blah, blah, blah. Might and have a bit still, of wine. And a glass of wine. Yeah. And he still manages to use every saucepan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very important to do that. It's a, yeah. yeah. Oh, as long as you don't have to clean them up. No, I walk out straight away. <laughs> so I, I ask everyone that comes on this show because we have a lot of um, a lot of school parents listen to this show, and I ask every no, no, every, tells every, 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 every guest the same question. I ask you first, Richard. But if there was a young talented kid that wanted to go into into the music industry or even the entertainment industry, what advice would you give them? Just believe in yourself. Don't take no for an answer. Yep. And just keep on running through closed doors. And just work and re- rehearse and practice. You know, Paul McCartney rehearses yeah. every day. Yeah, Keith Urban practices every day. Doesn't come easy, does it? Mm. No, you, you, you know, you reap what you sow. Yeah. Um, and believe in yourself. Great, great advice. And Luke, a young kid that wants to be a chef or in hospitality? Yeah, I think very similar. But um, you've got to be so committed, as in any profession. Yep. But just don't give up. And, and, and it's, I think it's the work ethic that gets you through. And I know Dickie's work ethic from yeah, very good. The, the morning, you know, the, the times you start up and, and finish. Uh, and I think anyone in a, who's a, a champ, you know, the better in their field, people don't see mm. the, the amount of work that goes into it. I mean, to be a great cricketer, entertainment yep. or, or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you're smacking yeah. balls around the backyard. Yeah. yeah. You, and my, my old man said this to me. He said, never chase the money. Money money is a byproduct That's, yeah, of, of doing what you beautiful. like. Beautiful. A lot, a lot of people say that when I ask them this question. They say, just do what you do really well. Make make it a real passion. Believe in it. Don't yeah. run don't, through the doors, as you said, and the money will take care of itself. Yeah, don't, don't chase the dollar. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Uh, Richard Fonkers, I do a daily podcast now called Afternoon Sport with an old colleague of yours, Timmy Gilbert. How Timmy, old? Timmy, still going around. <laughs> 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 What's he like to work with, mate? <laughs> Gee. Can we tell... 
the Timmy Stewart. No, Timmy Stewart. Which no, one? Well, <laughs> no, Timmy Gilbert is. Uh, firstly, Timmy Gilbert is a beautiful person. He a is. brother. We call him a brother. He's a brother. Yeah. We call him a brother. <laughs> we do. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and all, apart from being a great fella, he's a he's a brilliant broadcaster. Uh, apart from being blessed with a beautiful voice, he's just. Mm. He's just a lovely fella. He's a great communicator, and and I, I love what he does. And he's a great friend of Luke's and, and mine. And um, and talking about um, commitment, he's a he works bloody hard. Well, he just, you know, yeah, he, but he knows what he's talking about. There's yeah, no yeah. there's no bullshit there. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's committed. He's he's knowledgeable, and there it is. Well, I tell you, what, you two are nice blokes yourselves. When I met you over the years, you've always been really nice. You, you've never changed, and I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Our major sponsor here, Joey Proctor's just shown up from O'Brien Beer, so we're gonna have some, yeah, have some nice beers now and a nice lunch here. Yeah, fantastic at the Paddington. So thanks for coming, guys. Let's have let's have a bite to eat. Cheers. Thanks well, for having thanks, us. Cheers. All no. the best. Beautiful. That's it for Lunch with Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Richard Wilkins and Luke Mangan. Thanks to Hilton Headley for your hard work behind the scenes and making things happen. And thanks to our sponsors, The Growth Workshop, Spartan Sports and O'Brien Beer. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. And do us a favour, hit five stars. And if you're passionate, leave a review because it means a lot to us. And come find us out on our socials. I'm at Lunch with Lee. Next week, we'll be chatting to some more complete legends about music, sport and business on another cracker episode of Lunch with Lee. We'll see you then. Do